Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey guys, you are listening to the Tracy Sandler Show on the Believe Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Fivo and Bet Online. And I have an amazing episode coming up with NBC Sports Bay Area's Matt Mayoko. But before we jump into that, I wanted to give you a couple 49ers injury updates. We did not have these updates when we recorded the podcast, so wanted to share them with you. Debo Samuel has an MCL sprain and an ankle sprain, but the 49ers do expect him to return in the regular season at some point. So that is very good, very big news for San Francisco. It certainly looked much, much worse on Sunday, so... Great news for Debo Samuel. Great news for the 49ers. Quarterback Brock Purdy, as we did discuss, is dealing with an oblique and rib injury. He is day-to-day. Should he not be able to go, it would be Josh Johnson as at quarterback. But we will see how the week plays out. Beyond that, Kevin Givens has an MCL sprain. He is out for a few weeks, and that means the 49ers defensive line getting thinner and thinner, but Kyle Shanahan said on Monday that the plan is for after the Seattle game next week to see if Javon Kinlaw can indeed return to practice. With that, I am sending it on into the show with me and Matt Mayoko. It's a lot of fun. You're going to love it. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I'm thrilled beyond belief to welcome back to the show my good friend, my colleague, the best in the business, NBC Sports Bay Area's Matt Mayoko. Oh, did you have that intro written for somebody else? And then I, I was a last minute replacement and it's like, well, we'll just keep the same intro and just change the, uh, the introduction to Matt Mayoko instead of somebody else. Yes, I did. And I, I'm sorry that you, but I don't want to tell a lie. So what you asked, so I have to be honest about that, no. but yes, it was ready to go for Matt Barrows. Yeah, but oh, wow. Yes. Now, I know. now it's you. And then Eric branch. I get that. A and lot. now here we, here we are. Yeah. And by the way, um, that was so nice of Dre Greenlaw to give you a shout out yesterday. I was so excited when I read that. I was like, thank you for the fangirl shout out, Dre Greenlaw. I love that. That was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at bet online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Phenomenal. I put that in my story and I was like, and I said it actually, I posted Fred's, uh, Fred's 
some of his press conference from Sunday, but I put in my story that, you know what, sometimes Dre, we're all fangirls at heart. And I get that. <laughs> totally get it. <laughs> and I appreciate that. But yeah, your I was audience very need to, uh, do they need a refresher or uh, an explanation? Well, I think, I think we should talk about it because it's very cute and that, and I was not in there for Dre's press conference. So I will actually let you, cause I was in the locker room. I will let you kind of Go through exactly how it went down. Well, I was out in the hallway right outside the 49ers locker room getting ready to go on the NBC Sports Bay Area postgame show. And I'm looking up at the monitor and I, I humble guess brag, this, humble brag, humble brag. Yeah. What? <laughs> that I could look up at a monitor. <laughs> oh, the, the uh, so you're going on the postgame show. <laughs> no, the NBC Sports Bay Area postgame show. Right, right, which is what you do every week, but still humble brag. But anyways, please continue. You were looking at the monitor. I was looking up at the monitor, and I saw, like, I saw the camera, uh, I guess the Fox crew, you know, they had it, uh, they had video of of Dre Greenlock going up to Tom Brady with the football in hand, and next thing you know, you see Dre produce a Sharpie, and Tom Brady graciously signing the football that Brady, um, you know, did not want to throw to Dre Greenlaw, but did throw to him for an interception. And so that's how I started off that press conference. When Dre came in with the football in hand, I asked him several questions about that, but I said, I, I think I said something along the lines of, Man, it was, it was a little bit ballsy, no pun intended, a little bit ballsy right. to ask Tom Brady to sign that ball. And he said, well, what's the worst he could say? It was no. And he, and he admitted that he had a, a moment where he was just kind of in awe of Brady. And, you know, he's been a fan of his or you know, has known about him for many, many years. And to, to actually get an interception from him. And then he said, I, bl- I forget the exact quote, but as long the lines of, I had a little fangirl moment. He did yeah. really couldn't be happier about it. That's exactly <laughs> what he said. When I read back, I was like, that's the one I wasn't in there for because I was in the <laughs> locker room. And then when I read that back, I was like, Oh, thanks Dre. Yes. I mean, you could have thrown the website out, but it's cool. I appreciate the fangirl. <laughs> thanks. Totally good. Actually, if you watch the video too and hear it, it's pretty funny because he says to Tom Brady, I've been watching you since I was two years old. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, just amazing in itself. Yeah, I was um, on my on the podcast on the 49ers Talk podcast. Another another plug there. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> that's how why great, you're here. How, how great of a day Brock Purdy had, and I I surmise that the only guy who might have had a better day than Brock Purdy was Dre Greenlaw. When you think about 15 tackles, an interception mm-hmm. of Tom Brady, and then an autograph from Tom Brady on the football he intercepted. I mean, that is a full day right there. That is potentially one of Drake Greenlaw's best days ever. I, I, I don't know for sure. I'm just saying yeah. it has to be, right? In a professional sense, absolutely. 100%. Um, you know, we, we can never... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's his job, right? Or, you know, football is what he's done for a long time. I always say, like, you know, oh, this is my best day ever uh, that has nothing to do with my family. That's that's how yes. I kind of always do the caveat that I don't want to anger anybody. Like, hold it. How could it be your best day ever when, you know, you, you had a wedding day and you had two children that you saw come into the world? So I always say anything, you know, like a great day that I have. 
not that it would rank up there with getting 15 tackles and uh, intercepting Tom Brady, but um, I would say um, not to put words in Dre's mouth, but I would say from a non um, a non-personal or how would a yeah, a football sense, they, it simply cannot get much better than that. I'm actually going to go ahead and say that if say that if you personally had 15 tackles in a game <laughs> and intercepted Tom Brady, that might actually be no offense to your family that yeah. I know you love. That might actually be your best day ever. Just yeah, because I have a feeling though, I'd be really sore <laughs> later in the, the evening and I might um, be like, uh, sleeping in a tub of ice, which would probably limit <laughs> how much fun I'd have on that day. But I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I know where you're going. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Well, I'm glad you brought up Dre Greenlaw because he plays on the 49ers defense, which just continues to be next level. And of course, we're going to talk about Brock Purdy. Of course, we're going to talk about Debo Samuel's ankle, but I do want to talk about this 49ers defense that has just been so incredible. In some ways you feel like the shoe has to drop, but in other ways, they're just so good. And I don't know that the shoe will drop. And honestly, you could say, I'm really going to take this metaphor and running with it. The shoe has dropped because they've dealt with a myriad of injuries and save really two, two and a half. No, two. I'm not really going to count the Chicago game because I think the defense played well, minus two bad penalties by Dre Greenlaw. But that was but that was week one, and now things are so much different. But you know, save two really, really bad performances. They have dealt with a myriad of injuries. They don't seem to be slowing down. And it's just kind of, it's cool to watch it. Um, what's the shoe dropping? Is it, what is the, uh, do we know the genesis of that saying? The shoe dropping? Oh, Isn't it the I other don't... shoe drop? I don't know, whatever. But, but then why would one shoe drop in the other? I'm, I, I'm going to need to get some, if anybody knows, could you tweet it to us, please? Yes. Okay. Let so um, here's the thing. I, again, on the podcast, I said that it, it seems to me like when you're talking about executives of the year, John Lynch has to be right up there in the NFL mm-hmm. because of how the 49ers have sustained some injuries and some notable ones at that. But yet it certainly doesn't seem like there has been any drop off at all. I mean, think about, you know, the starting defensive tackles um, have not played a lot of football this season, Javon Mm -hmm. Kinlaw and Eric Armstead. And so Mm -hmm. during that time when it was Hassan Ridgeway and Kevin Gibbons, what was the 49ers run defense? Like it was really good. And there's Mm -hmm. just to be no drop off when, when uh, Jimmy Ward goes down in training camp with an injury, they get to Sean Gibson and there has not only been no drop off there, I would say in the 49ers, uh, the way they've handled this situation, it would be obvious that they believe too, that not only has there been no drop off, it's been an upgrade by having Gibson at free safety and now moving Jimmy Ward to Nickelback. And then you mm-hmm. look at an injury that I thought was huge. And absolutely, it was a bad injury, losing Emmanuel Mosley, cornerback. But then Diamador Lenore steps in, and he plays very well. And that's just on the defensive side. And then, of course, you know, we could talk all day about the quarterback situation where they're down to their third quarterback, and who knows, they might be down to their fourth quarterback <laughs> uh, might. Thursday night against the Seattle Seahawks. But, you know, there was no – there's been no dip in production 
at any of these spots, running back, you name it. I mean, there's just, it, it's, you know, some movement on the offensive line, not a whole lot, but a little bit, but there's just, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of mind boggling that they've been able to withstand all the injuries that they've had and they just keep right on plugging along. And you bring up the Emmanuel Mosley injury, and I had said this on on this podcast a few times, that I felt that that could end up being the most significant injury on the defense as the season went on because he was playing at such a high level. You had Charvarius Ward on the other side, and it really changed so much for the front seven and what they could do. But Diamador Lenorn, as long as we're plugging, you guys should check out. I'm doing a story on him that will run Thursday for Thursday Night Football. But Diamador Lenore has taken a huge jump from year one to year two and has really filled in nicely a little bit of a tough game against the saints, but some of the calls I think may have been questionable. I will go with that or, or iffy, maybe questionable strong. Uh, And Chris Olave is obviously very good, but I think, you know, we saw him perform really well, uh, um, covering Deandre Hopkins. I'm having a lot of trouble with words today, but covering Deandre Hopkins uh, on Monday night football in Mexico city. And it's been pretty incredible to see that too and that goes back to those late round picks in the draft you know there was the joke when they traded for Christian McCaffrey and one of the picks they gave up was a fifth rounder and everybody's like wow they must have really wanted him because the fifth round is is where they shine in those late round picks but yeah, they'll, they'll give with- up the, the second third and the fourth but do not part with those fifth round picks <laughs> no those fifth rounds that's where the that's where the magic happens for this team but you're right and I think John Lynch absolutely needs to be in that conversation because it really is. It is something else. And even the way that they were able to handle when they brought Jimmy Garoppolo back and as he started as the backup that didn't last very long, but they managed to deal with it. And even last season, and I think a lot of that is a tribute to Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance and how everything was handled. But I think it's also a tribute to the front office and that does trickle down. So uh, I think we're putting in a major plug here for John Lynch to be executive of the year. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I can't say that I've you know gone through and, and looked at everything, but you know, I can't really think of uh, too much that the Eagles have done or the chiefs or the bills or the Vikings Um, and so I'm just kind of looking at the top teams in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I I would think right now that that Lynch would have to be the front runner for that. I I guess that, and that also kind of, well, that, that kind of opens the question too. Rarely does the coach of the year and the general manager of the year or executive of the year, uh, rarely are they on the same team. And so I, I think that even though they've, they've had some hiccups here lately, you know, the former 49er coaches, Robert Sala and, and Mike McDaniel, you know, and, uh, you know, they would be up there for coach of the year, maybe Nick Sariani with the Eagles, mm-hmm. kind of hard to, to not look at that 12 and one record and be impressed. So uh, I, I'm thinking that those postseason honors when it comes to the non-players might have a, a pretty significant 49ers or former 49ers to them. I think you could be right, though. I think one could also potentially make the argument for Kyle Shanahan as coach of the year as he's now on his third quarterback and they're not yeah. slowing down. And as you mentioned, maybe on the fourth, which segues nicely into Brock Purdy, who at the moment looks like the second coming of Joe Montana. I'm being sarcastic, but actually I'm being hyperbolic. Let me go with that. I'm going to be hyperbolic, but obviously not hyperbolic, it's had not hyperbaric. 
you're not in an oxygen. No. Uh, right? <laughs> not, not, not yet, but the day is young. <laughs> Hyperbol- hyperbolic. Maybe using hyperbole to make a point. That's what yes. I think I'm doing. Using- I, had an old friend, I had an old friend who, uh, I don't think he did much talking, but he did a lot of reading. And one time he said, uh, I think that's just hyperbole. And I was like, hyperbole, hyperbole. Oh, hyperbole. And he was like, oh, is that how that's pronounced? So every time I hear, every time I hear the word hyperbole or hyperbole, I think of hyperbole. Hyperbole. My, I had a friend in high school who would constantly make a statement and then go, I mean, obviously I'm using hyperbole to make a point. Uh And I, but I like that because you can really say anything and then be like, obviously I'm using hyperbole to make a point. So I think that's, that's what I'm doing here. But Brock Purdy has looked very good the last two weeks. And I think it's been a bit of a surprise, maybe not inside the building, but outside the building, which is no disrespect to Brock Purdy, but the last pick in the draft who started the season as the third string quarterback, though I go back to training camp and he did win that position. He sent Nate Sudfeld packing and the 49 hours were very high on him. So there's obviously a reason for that. And we're seeing it. Uh, May, well, not May, he did sustain an oblique injury on Sunday, which means Thursday it might be QB4 starting the game for the 49ers in Josh Johnson. I don't know why I get the feeling that Brock Purdy is going to play, though. That just may be a weird gut thing, but I, nah, feel like I get it. Play. Gut thing because of the. No! <laughs> do that on purpose god that's that's how much of a pun person i am it's just they just flowing out of me did you strain to come up with that pun (laughs) see what i did there i sure did i sure did it was great it's fantastic but i do can i um is it okay you know how you and i uh we have a thing for several years now where we'll eat we'll say something outlandish to each other, but then we always say, well, that's fair. Or you always say yes, something. Yes. And so our little, our little bit is, well, that's fair. Fair enough. Correct. You know, stuff like that. So here, here's my, here's my, um, I'm just going to give you a statement and then you okay. give me a fair or that's not fair. Um, oh, okay. Brock Purdy and Nick Mullins separated at birth. Oh. And not, not, Appearance wise, I'm I'm talking just <laughs> no, no. Wise. you know, are they you know, when when the 49ers drafted Brock Purdy, the comp that they gave that Kyle Shanahan gave was Nick Mullins. And some people were like, Oh my gosh, what what kind of comp is that? And I'm thinking, well, Nick Mullins is not a bad quarterback, and he's you know, he's been in mm-hmm. the league since what 2017 and he was mm-hmm. productive. I mean, he threw for a lot of yards when, when he was asked to start with the 49ers. And, you know, the fact that an undrafted guy who played a lot of football in college and, and has that work ethic and that his teammates raved about and, you know, a lot of people talked about just his mindset and serious nature and how he approached the game. And remember, man, when he stepped onto that field for that Thursday night game against the Raiders, he tore it up. And he did. He actually had uh, about the same number of completions and and uh, pass attempts, and he had about you know, seventy yards more passing than Purdy did on Sunday. And he had three touchdown passes. Purdy had two. Um, I, I just don't think that that's a knock on Brock Purdy to compare him to Nick Mullins, I, and I think that Nick Mullins can you know can and has been a a good NFL quarterback certainly a good backup 
But I do think that the difference, one of the major differences is that this 49ers team of 2022 is a lot better from top to bottom than that team in 2018 that Nick Mullins was asked to, to step in and play for. That is completely fair. I think in terms, if separated at birth, it might be fair. <laughs> I'm going to go with my favorite phrase, time will tell. Okay. I think you're, you're 100% right. The team is significantly better. And I do think with this 49ers defense and with the playmakers they have, really Brock Purdy needs to just not make mistakes for a while. I think is, is one of the, not, I mean, maybe not just not make mistakes, but that is going to be a big thing with him. I think what will remain to be seen with Brock Purdy is there does seem to be a level of confidence. I'm not saying Nick Mellons wasn't confident, but there does seem to be a little bit of a level of confidence, a lack of flappability, which I may have totally just made up that word, but a lack of flappability that does just feel a little bit different. But, you know, I feel obviously it remains to be seen. When I look at Brock Purdy's last two games, though, I was about to say last two starts, and obviously Sunday was his first ever NFL start. The thing that struck me with Miami is, and I talked about this a lot last week, was it's not like he came in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter with a super comfortable lead and just, you know, got them through the end of the game. He came in basically at the beginning of the game because Jimmy got hurt on the first series, if memory serves, and then had to really go through the entire game. And I look at that that drive to end the second half against the Dolphins, and again, playing against one of the better teams in the league, and that drive to me said a lot. Now, we have a small sample size. I know that like 49ers Twitter is ready to send him into the Hall of Fame, crowd him Super Bowl MVP, and like, why are we even playing the rest of the games? But... I think that that might be even using a lot of hyperbole to make a point, but I think we're seeing some things from Brock Purdy that may put him just a, a little bit above a Nick Mullins. And again, that's not a knock on Nick Mullins. I, I, I think that's fair. I, I do think that Brock has uh, a little bit of a higher ceiling than, than Nick. Yes, Mullins. that's it. Yeah. And it might, it might be that he has a significantly higher ceiling, but I do think that right now, uh, Brock Purdy benefits greatly from we're talking about the Nick Mullins of 2018 when he blasted onto the scene. And I remember after every start, it would be uh, Nick Mullins has thrown for more games through or for more yards through his first X amount of games than, and it always started with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and I think by the time that Nick Mullins had his 16th NFL start, and he's only up to 17 now, um, and his 16 were with the 49ers, by the time he got his 16th start, I think it was Patrick Mahomes and then Nick Mullins, which is crazy to think of. But you know, for, that, for that first season in 2018, you know, there was, you know, that was a year before Nick Bosa. That was the year before Debo Samuel. Of course, they did mm-hmm. not have Christian McCaffrey. They did not have Brandon Ayuk. Uh, they didn't have Trent Williams, although Joe Staley was pretty good. Um, I think, you know, McGlinchey's playing at a higher level now than he was then. Um, and so just the supporting cast is, is better. And I think like with Nick Mullins, he had to do a lot, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and if he didn't do it, the, the 49ers weren't in a position then 
to get just simply neutral play out of their quarterback and still win. Whereas right. now, you'll, Brock Purdy doesn't have to do a whole lot. And, and yesterday, uh, Sunday, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they didn't ask much of him. But what they asked of him, other than that first play of the game when he completely <laughs> misread the coverage and, and left himself open for a sack, whatever the 49ers asked of him on Sunday, he did and then some. And so, you know, he does have a chip on his shoulder. We saw that from the very first time he walked through those doors Mm -hmm. and, and, um, kind of, you know, he just carried himself in a way that's like, okay, he, he thinks he's pretty good, which is totally does what he, you have pretty to, good or um, pretty good? Oh. Pretty good. But that's totally <laughs> the mindset any player has to have, and especially a quarterback and a guy who played a lot of football in college. So uh, I still think I still think the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo is very significant. And it definitely is. Yes. There's no doubt about it. And that. and we will see what Brock Purdy has in store for the, the remainder of the season. But I do think that half the battle is providing hope for your team and optimism mm-hmm. for your team. And what is abundantly clear after that game he played against the Dolphins and the game he played against Tampa Bay, the, those around him believe that he has what it takes for the 49ers to cap off this season, reaching all of the goals they laid out for themselves when the season began. If this team wins a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, I think everyone retires. Everybody retires? I think everybody. I think everybody says, you know what? We've done it. Uh, I I think you meant especially Tom Brady. Uh, I don't know, but maybe, I don't know. You know that one? I can't, maybe. Maybe he's like, you know what? I I lost to the guy in his first NFL start that won a Super Bowl. Like it's time. Yeah, maybe I don't he just know. Says, I can't compete with that. Yeah, I think it's just, it's just I can't. There's nothing else I can do here. I mean, again, I'm using hyperbole, but it would. While we're on the subject of Tom Brady, yeah. Now I, I don't know if you saw like this receiving line that he had after the game. I mean, it was a lot of 49ers players out there. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing Tom Brady. I was going to say in his prime, but and he's he's not in his prime, but he still is a darn good quarterback. I remember yeah. times where he would be upset and just run off the field after the after a loss. Mm-hmm. He seemed to relish or at least identify the moment that he is almost bigger to, than the game at this point, and mm-hmm. he just stood out there in the middle of the field. He, uh, to use a basketball term, he did not move his pivot foot. He stayed in the (laughs) same spot and one after one, you know, just player after player of the 49ers came up to him and he listened to them, you know, looked them in the eye, shook hands, uh, in the case of Trey Greenlaw signed, signed the (laughs) football, but I don't know. There was a sense of me watching him was that, boy, he looks like a guy who, kind of knows he's at the end of the line and each one mm-hmm. of these aims, he has a chance for the guys who are going to be continuing their careers to look back fondly and say, wow, 
I played against Tom Brady and he couldn't have been nicer to me on the field after a game. I almost got this sense and nobody knows if he's going to continue playing beyond this season. Uh, but I just kind of got this sense watching him like, man, he kind of looks like a guy who's, you know, who, who's ready for his career to end. Now, that being said, he retired for 40 days. Yes. And then if you're going to do all the stuff that he did, you know, reportedly or uh, speculation wise, as far as his personal life goes, if you're going to, mm-hmm. if you're going to take that step and remain in the game, whatever, what, whatever the chaos it might cause to your family life or whatever, are you going to only do it for just one more season? That's the thing that I think we don't know. I think going back to the the receiving line and the way he took the time to talk to everybody, I do agree with you. I think maybe at this point in his life, at this point in his career, and maybe as a result of what's happened in his personal life, he's able to look at things as bigger than football and realize like what it, it means for all of these players. He also was back home in the Bay Area. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I think there's something to be said for that. And when, you know, I'm sure for Tom Brady, as he's looking across the field at all these players who's playing, he's playing against, you know, they're all a good 20 some odd years younger than he is. Save Trent Williams. They're Mm -hmm. all significantly younger than he is. And I think there's something to be said for that generationally. And I think even with Brock Purdy, I mean, there it's different because it wasn't his rookie season, but not completely dissimilar is the way Tom Brady really got started in his career with Drew Bledsoe going down with an injury, a relatively unknown, not to me, go blue, but relatively unknown quarterback going into the game and finishing out that season and winning a Super Bowl. So I don't know if there were a number of things at play. I also do think that Tom Brady and somewhat know that Tom Brady is a good classy person. And I think people like to hate on him because he is so good and it felt like he had this perfect life and everything. But the end of the day, I think he is a, a good human and just kind of understood the moment and probably meant something to him too, to have all these players want to meet him and talk to him. And that's, that was kind of the cool thing is they did all to use a term from Drake Greenwell. They all kind of became a little bit fangirl. Yeah. And even like, it, it was interesting. I, I was over there in that corner where the, where the Buccaneers locker room is. And so I was kind of waiting there, hanging out for the Buccaneers to come out. And I mean, it just, I, I've never quite seen anything like it where he came out of the tunnel and they were waiting for the cue from, you know, the events coordinator or whatever, like, okay, you can run out onto the field because everything in an NFL game is so choreographed. And, mm-hmm. you know, they hear the crowd yelling for him and he's kind of dancing along to the music a little bit. And before he came out, I was over there and Bryant Young was there and he was like, man, and I actually, he said, he didn't use the term fangirl. I think he actually might've said fanboy. I'm, I'm fanboying Uh a little bit here because I want to see Tom Brady up close. And I said, yeah. And I said, do you know him? And he goes, I think he said like, I know him a little bit. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. And so he's over there and, um, and I, one of the things I said to Brian, I go, well, you know, it's not going to be too long before you guys are teammates. Obviously, Brian Young, a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and mm-hmm. Brady, exactly five years after he plays his final game, he'll be going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But I'm over there and videoing Brady, as a lot of people are. And then Brady looks over, sees Brian Young about 20 feet away, 
and walks over and gives him a hug and they, they chat briefly. And I just kind of got the sense even before the game that, you know, Brady knew that he was there, like all eyes are on him. He realizes that people want to see him up close. And, you know, even though he might not know Bryant Young all that well, and maybe they've met a handful of times or whatever the case may be, he certainly went out of his way to uh, to recognize Brian and, and I'm assuming wish him, uh, you know, congratulations on, on being in the, the Hall of Fame class of 2022. So that was another kind of cool moment before the game where I saw Brady kind of embrace that moment of you know playing only his second game against his you know former boyhood team or not former boyhood team, his boyhood team in the stadium of, you know, the 49ers never played a candlestick, but this was the second time he's played against the 49ers at Levi stadium. I think, I think you're right. Maybe there was a little bit of fangirl and Tom Brady around all that. Maybe so. Maybe so. I'm just going to beat this fangirl thing. Yeah. You really are kind of, um, I'm really going to go, but I think you're right. I think that there's, I, but I do think, all of that, you know, plays into it. And it kind of goes to a little bit, kind of going back to what we were saying earlier with Dre Greenlaw, and you said it may be, you know, probably one of the best days of his professional life. You don't know about his personal life, but I think it goes back to knowing that these guys are all human and they, they do have their moments. And I think for Tom Brady, sometimes it's hard. It, it's easy to forget that this kind of larger than life person is still a person who like grew up a 49ers fan and in the Bay area. And it means something to be there and, and be at Levi stadium and be a part of that. I think that that's really cool. Yeah. There you go. So there's, so, so there's when, he, when Tom's, uh, when Tom's playing for the 49ers next season, how's that depth chart going to look? Ooh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, do you think I, I would love your opinion. Do you think that's even, I mean, yes, it's even, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I think it's even. <laughs> you think yeah, it's even? Okay. I, I, just, I don't. Um, well, first off, the reason I think it's even is because I, I just, at this point, I'm done ruling out anything when it comes to the 49ers and quarterback position. <laughs> That's and fair, so, as we like to say. It's fair. Yeah, and so think, I mean, a lot of this, I, I just, it's it's difficult to for me to believe at this point that Brock Purdy would open the season next year as a 49ers starter. Is it out of the realm Correct. of possibility? No, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But for me, it's it's kind of a stretch. But again, never say never. Um, what how I would look at it is this. I mean, you heard what Kyle Shanahan said about Tom Brady, and I I believe him to a degree when he mm-hmm. said that he believes Tom Brady is throwing the ball as well as he ever has, and that. You know, Tom Brady is smarter playing the game than he's ever been. So Brady is scheduled for free agency, as is Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers are not allowed to franchise Garoppolo, just as the Buccaneers are contractually not allowed to franchise Tom Brady. So if Tom Brady wants to continue playing football, where is he going to go? And just watching that game yesterday, I don't think... I would be um, uh, watching the game yesterday and reading a lot of 
Brady's comments throughout the season, I don't get the sense that he believes there's a lot of hope for the future with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I right. we, you know, that's uh, that's my take on it. Whereas if he's across the sideline watching the dismantling of his team at the hands of a 49ers team that has superstars and for the most part, pretty young superstars on both sides mm-hmm. of the ball. And mm-hmm. Tom Brady might be thinking, boy, if I continue playing, this would be a really good spot. You know, not a, a just, you know, the family ties and everything else. And then let's look at it from the 49ers side. And by the way, and I have this on, I, what I feel is very good authority that in 2019, after the 2019 season, the 49ers were very high, if not at the very, very top of Tom Brady's list of where he wanted to play in, in the, the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. However, the 49ers, and I don't blame them because you look at what happened in that 2019 season, 49 right. opted to stay with Garoppolo and say to Tom Brady, thanks, but no thanks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're Tom Brady. You've already been told, no, we, we like Gio Carmazzi better than you. Uh, you've already been told we like Jimmy Garoppolo better than you. Tom Brady's not going to mm-hmm. put himself out there again for the 49ers. If the 49ers right. want Brady, they're going to have to come to him and say, here's the contract. All you have to do is sign it. We want you. We admitted we we've made mistakes, but we think we can win the Super Bowl with you. And I would think if you're the 49ers and you look at this situation objectively, you go with this team that they've built, mm-hmm. who gives them the best chance of winning a Super Bowl? Not four years down the road or three years or five years or eight years down the road, but who gives you the best chance of winning a Super Bowl? in the 2023 season is it trey lance is it brock purdy or is it well or jimmy garoppolo or is it tom brady and i would think that the answer that most people would come up with would still be tom brady yeah i think you're right I think, I mean, I think you're definitely right, especially as I think about what we were talking about earlier with the team that the the 49ers have built and with Brock Purdy that, you know, is is he is, is the ceiling much higher than Nick Mullins? Does it turn out he is Nick Mullins? And I think that we still it still remains to be seen somewhat. Yeah. But you take Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, who's just older now and put him at the helm of this team, then there's, it's probably a no-brainer. Surprised Brady didn't run across the field at halftime and ask if he could come play for the 49ers instead. I think that's illegal, but <laughs> always so uh, playing with deflated footballs, but he tried it. Oh, he didn't do that. That's so silly. I <laughs> will so never. The, um, the other part of this, um, with Tom, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. It was going to be something really good. but About Tom Brady and so. um looking at this team and the team they've built and yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I know what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, people could look at it and say, well, gosh, you know, Brady, you know, Brady's numbers were pretty good before the game Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. He's not throwing the ball down the field. The, the Buccaneers offense is not scoring points and you, you could look at it and go, you know, wow. You know, Tom Brady has, his game has fallen off this year, but I mean, he's, he's got a, a horrendous offensive line for an offensive line is, was one of the better offensive lines in the NFL, probably at least, you know, top, mm-hmm. I don't know, 
you know, I'm just pulling a number out of my backside, but I'd say, you know, top eight, <laughs> top eight mm-hmm. offensive lines in the league. Whereas the Buccaneers are probably bottom eight offensive lines in the league. And so that really hamstrings you as far as what you can do offensively, as far as getting the ball down the field. So um, I think that uh, to be protected like him and at least have the opportunity to be able to take a five or seven step drop and get the ball out down the field and not have to worry about, you know, just throwing the ball away and, and then, ducking for cover um if you're gonna put it this way if tom brady decides to return to the nfl next season i don't see him going back to the tampa bay buccaneers and and putting himself in that position to um you know to to not be protected behind a, a poor offensive line. I mean, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mean nothing to him. If he was, if he was able to leave new England after 20 years and not look back, he sure as heck is going to be leaving Tampa Bay after three years without any sense of, I owe something to that organization. I I think it's all one-sided. I think that organization owes a lot to him. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I don't know that anyone owes anyone anything. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a business and the team will always do what's best for the team. So the player should always do what's best for the player as my personal feeling on that. I'm um, watching a really strange thing happen outside of my window right now. <laughs> is like, it Tom Brady? No, it looks like a bluebird <laughs> going after a, a lizard. Oh yeah. This is like a uh, wild, what is it a uh, wild kingdom or uh Let's see. Uh, I mean, it's like one of those uh, animal planet shows where we're seeing life and uh, survival of the fittest unfold. This is kind of, I should be taking video of this right now. You know, your house is like fully like the wild kingdom because yes, you had the have, coyotes last week and yikes. We have a lot going uh, on over there. Coyotes. Yeah, it's right over there behind that bush. Anyway, okay, so um, what else is happening? So, okay. So Tom Brady may or may not be a 49er next year. I do to, to, to oh, wrap that up. And like, put a, yep. That's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, that is a true <laughs> statement. That is a factual statement. Uh, but to put a bow on that, I, I don't think he'll go back to, or maybe not to put a bow on it, but I don't, I agree with you. I do not think he'll go back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I do think this organization would make the most sense, which would create a whole bunch of other quarterback conversations that perhaps will leave for another day because something tells me, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, and potentially Tom Brady going into the 2023 season. You didn't but mention bef- Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I do wonder, though, what Jimmy Garoppolo obviously was playing at the, you know, his best football, I, in my opinion, his best football perhaps of his career before he got injured. I just don't know if the injury basically, since that was one of the big reasons they were going to move on from him anyway. I just wasn't sure if that injury basically just took him out of the running entirely. But then, you know, there's the other side of me that thinks Jimmy Garoppolo will be on this team till the end of time. Yeah, that's, that's true. But yeah, I mean, if, if the reason that they outlined for trading up to number three and, and ultimately selecting Trey Lance, if the reason was because Jimmy Garoppolo cannot stay healthy and they can't rely on him. Well, I mean, look what's happened since they made that statement. He's right. had two, injuries that completely uh, you know threw a wrench into the 49ers next two years you know I I still yeah. I, I think that if if he's healthy 
at the end of last season and going into the playoffs, I think they beat the Rams. And I think they, oh, yeah. they beat uh, the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Again, that's a, those are big, big buts and ifs and if, ifs and buts are candy and nuts. We'd all have a Merry Christmas and all that kind of stuff. And then this year, <laughs> you know, same thing. I mean, again, I, and I, I'm not a big, you know, oh, this, this guy's injury prone or, or whatever. I, I just think that anybody who plays football is prone to injuries. Um, right. I mean, that's just part of the game. But for the 49ers to publicly say that kind of that's their stance, that the reason, the main reason they're moving on is because they don't think that he can avoid injuries, or at least he hasn't avoided injuries, and they don't want to, um, you know, continue to go down that road for a guy who hasn't proved that he can stay healthy for a full season, then why would you continue your union with a guy who since then has proven again that he can't stay healthy for a full season. And I think the what's interesting, and will time will tell on this, is that Trey Lance is someone who also well, has not proven that he could stay healthy for a full season. Yeah, and if you want to continue down that road, after one start, Brock Birdie might not be healthy either. It's almost as if they play a very violent, brutal, brutal it, it sport. It almost is. It almost is. I, I do <laughs> kind of. I do always I not laugh, but I do. I'm amazed at people who are just, uh, you know, appalled that football players can get injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's like, also, gosh, I can't imagine when you have a 300 pound man fall on you and throw you to the ground that maybe you don't bounce back up with yeah. no problems whatsoever. Crazy. Uh, and it, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo's case last week, two 300 pound men, you know, throwing him to the ground. So, uh, it's a, it's a tough sport. And speaking of injuries, this segues in, uh, we don't have a fi- full update yet on Debo Samuel, but it, the early indications were that it was a high ankle sprain, no broken bones, which certainly would be in theory. It's so hard to say this because we're talking about injuries and livelihoods here, but would be better news than maybe how it looked when Debo was carted off the field on Sunday, but we are awaiting a full report on that. But let's pretend for the sake of argument, it is in fact a high ankle sprain that puts him back. What midway through the playoffs, the divisional well, series, should the 49ers get there? The, uh, uh, maybe NFC championship. Yeah. The first round of the playoffs also known as the wild card weekend is five weeks away. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gives you the, the timetable. So then the division round would be six weeks away. NFC mm-hmm. championship game would be seven weeks away and the Super Bowl would be nine weeks away. So uh, depending on how this thing uh, develops or how it, it progresses, I should say, or, you know, the, the physical therapy, the rehab, how things are feeling. I mean, I think probably the best case scenario for the 49ers and I don't think it's out of the question is that, um, that he's ready to go, you know, that he misses the remainder of the regular season and that he's ready to go for the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. and so I don't know, I mean, it's all very much up in the air. And even if the team says, Hey, this is a, a four to six week injury. This is a six to eight week injury. Um, as, as we've learned, I mean, those are just preliminary diagnosis and some guys heal faster than others. And mm-hmm. some guys, you know, high ankle sprain, you're out for two weeks. Other guys you're out for eight weeks. So, right. um, and of course the, the high ankle sprain is, 
is a tough one. I mean, it's where those, the ligaments that attach the, the tibia, um, and the fibula where they attach at the, the ankle and it's just, they stretch apart and it's very painful. And I mean, Debo Samuel's one tough guy and you could tell when he tried to walk off the field where he just went right back down they had to bring the car mm-hmm. out for him. The thing that was kind of, I, I didn't understand is how he had a high ankle sprain, but they first reported it was a knee injury. Yeah. And and then later in the third quarter, they said, Oh no, it's not a knee injury. It's an ankle injury. And I just thought that wouldn't you, I, I don't know. It was, that was kind of odd to me. He was grabbing his knee, but was he grabbing his knee just to hold his, his foot up because um, felt better that way or what? But I mean, I, I guess the, uh, the bottom line is it, we won't know until we know, you know, until mm-hmm. he's on the field. That was, that was deep, by the that way. That was pretty deep. It's uh, That's fair, mm-hmm. though, right? It's fair. That's fair. It's very fair. <laughs> so, we don't know. I, I, I do think the 49ers, are, they're, in a, they're in a decent position to withstand this a little bit. Um, you know, I don't think they need him for the final four weeks of the regular season. But once mm-hmm. the playoffs begin, and maybe even they can get by with him in the first week of the playoffs. But all I know is their odds of playing good football increased dramatically when a healthy Debo Samuel is out there on the field. And I would say in terms of Brock Purdy, and so I'll caution this for 49ers fans, and I'm not looking to take the air out of anyone's sails, and I have been very impressed with the young Brock Purdy, but I would say in terms of if we're looking at it's once the playoffs begin, then I think you see what you really have in a Brock Purdy who potentially is going up against a Kirk Cousins led team, a Dak Prescott led team, a Jalen Hurts led team. That's I think where things could start to change. Maybe not a Taylor Heineke led team. Maybe though, I don't know, maybe not a Daniel Jones led team. You see where I'm going with this, but I think that is where we kind of really see what, Brock Purdy can do even with everyone around him, everything changes. In the playoffs. But I, I still, I do think that I think all these games, but especially in the playoffs, they're not, they're never going to ask him to go win the game, but that's true. They didn't even ask Jimmy to go win the game when they went to the Super no, Bowl, the, I mean, go, they, leading up to the Super Bowl. It was go they, hand the, <laughs> hand the ball off was his saying. Yeah. And, uh-huh. but, but you do have to make enough plays on third down. Uh, well, I That's guess Garoppolo didn't even have to do that against the Vikings and the not against the Vikings and the Packers. That was kind of an anomaly. Those were kind of unusual situations. Yes, but so much of playoff football is yeah. Maybe there's a quarterback who goes out and wins a game, but probably about the equal amount of time, it's the quarterback who loses the game too. That's so, correct. You know, that's that's something to. And, and right now, Brock Purdy seems to have a pretty good handle on what he can and can't do. You talked mm-hmm. about the confidence very early in our discussion mm-hmm. here. I almost think that that could go both ways where, you know, you want your quarterback to be confident, but you don't want him to be too confident where he thinks he can get away and make passes that maybe just aren't in his DNA at this point to, to go make uh, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with checking it down. Nothing wrong with throwing away on third down, nothing wrong with sending Mitch Wisnowski out there uh, to play the field position game, especially with this defense. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think kind of goes back to also a lot earlier in discussion that maybe, 
if Brock Purdy's greatest thing he may be able to do for this team is just not make mistakes. And they may be able to win with that. Let the playmakers do their thing. You do your job not to borrow, borrow from the Patriots. Let the defense be the defense. And just like you said, don't be overconfident. Don't just start doing things that you think you can do for a highlight reel. Um, just get the job done. Do your job. Yeah. That's what the Patriots say. That's fair. You know what? That is super fair. Thanks for saying that. Matt Mayoko, thanks for coming on the pod. This was fun as always. Tracy Sandler, thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. And again, I was absolutely thrilled that Dre Greenlaw gave you a shout out. Whether he knew it or not, he was giving you a shout out after the game Sunday. I really appreciated it so very much. Uh, Matt, please let everybody know where they can find you on social media. I am on social media. What are your handles? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I am on social media. I'm on Twitter at Mayoko, M-A-I-O-C-C-O-N-B-C-S. Instagram by the same title. What do we call it? Screen name, username. And Mm -hmm. then um, I, I really, since one thing I learned early on in podcasting is that people who listen to podcasts, listen to podcasts. So people that was are, deep also. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So people who are listening to the Tracy Sandler show, uh, I invite them to also listen to 49ers talk, um, hosted by Matt Mayoko and Jennifer Lee Chan is on and Carlos Ramirez after games. And we have a grand old time and we talk 49ers football on 49ers talk. Oddly that makes enough. sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Oddly. It does. And it's, and it is a great pod and, um, it was super fun. So, or it is super fun. And this was super fun. It's a lot of things that are super fun. Matt Mayoko, thank you for being here. We are brought to you by FIVO. We are brought to you by bet online. And with that, make sure you're following us on Thursday when the 49ers play the Seahawks and they can win the division with a victory in that game. So make sure you're paying attention. Bye all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.